Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. This is After Class with Ms. Donovan, week five overview of geometry. So basically, we're going to go over every day this week, our mathematician of the week, and then at the end, I'm going to have my quiz in, or the quiz in front of me, as always, and go through it with you guys so you know what you need to know on the quiz. This week was kind of a hard-hitting week. We really focused on proofs. So that is what we're going to be focusing again on this episode is proofs and how do we logically and inductively go through and reason and figure out, go from start to finish to prove something is true. So it's time to get into the topics. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. So we're going to start off with our mathematician of the week. Our mathematician of the week this week was Sir Navasa Ramanjan. He was born December 22nd, 1887 in British India. So India wasn't even its own country yet. And he died April 26th in 1922 at the age of 32. Some fun facts about him is he had almost no formal training in mathematics. So he didn't really study it in a school setting. And then he also, another fun fact about him is that almost everything he claimed in mathematics, everything he theorized ended up being proven after his death. So even if he couldn't prove it, someone else after he died was able to and be like, well, Ramanujan was right. Some notable contributions he has are in elliptical functions, continued fractions, infinite series, analytical theory of numbers, and even more. What's really interesting about him is he wrote Gottfried H. Hardy a letter about one of his theories, and Hardy brought him to Britain to study uh, under a scholarship from Trinity College of Cambridge. He didn't major in mathematics, but he graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree by research, which is now referred to as a PhD. While he was there, he faced many challenges because he was Indian in a mostly white place like England. So a lot of his classmates, um, his professors, they didn't um, want him to be there. He traveled between England, where he studied, and Europe, where his what or England, where he studied, and India, where his wife was, multiple times throughout his last years of life because she lived there and he was studying there. And he died at age 32 from hepatic ambiasis, a complication of an episode episodes of dysentery. So he had that kind of a great life. What's really interesting again about him is that he was able to prove almost everything, almost everything he th- or not he was able to prove, but someone was able to prove almost everything he thought. So that's pretty awesome. Can you imagine being right about everything you say? I can't. Well. That's it for our Mathematician of the Week. Let's get into the topics. Okay, so let's get into what we did on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, we did 6-2, which is our first real day with proofs. The target was I can complete two-column proofs to prove theorems about segments and angles. So again, uh, your homework was page 70, problems 4 through 7. So we started off with book notes, and it was really important because we were talking about how we will use we have used two-column proofs before. We have proved things algebraically, so with numbers. We are now going to be proving things geometrically. So basically, you're going to have to use definitions, postulates, properties, or previously proven theorems we already know to prove different things. So we start off with an example where we talked about vertical angles. And just a reminder, vertical angles are opposite angles formed by a pair of intersection intersecting lines. Um, the theorem uh, we wanted to prove where vertical angles are congruent. So we were given that angle 1 and angle 2 um, were vertical angles, and we wanted to prove that angle 1 was congruent to angle 2. So we started off knowing that since uh, it was two lines that they intersecting, it created supplementary angles. So we had the measure of angle 1 plus the measure of angle 3 equaled 180. 
180 degrees by the definition of supplementary angle. And then we did the same thing with angle two or measure of angle two plus the measure of angle three also equaled 180. And we got that by the definitionary definition of supplementary degree or supplementary angles. We then set them equally to, equal to each other by the substitution property. We substituted 180 for the other uh, for the other solution. So we said measure of angle one plus measure of angle three equals measure of angle two plus measure of angle three. We then used the subtraction property of equality um, and subtracted the measure of angle three from both sides to get the measure of angle one equals the measure of angle two. And then we got that the measure of angle one is congruent to the measure of angle two because that's the definition of congruent angles. So we'd logically go through and think about each and every step of the way. So one thing that's really going to help with this is if, one, A, you do your optional review, uh, two, you did your homework, and three, you go back and look at some other definitions we learned because it's going to be significantly harder if you don't remember all of these angle definitions that we learned before or all the circle things like chords, diameters, things like that are just going to really help you. Any theorem, any definition, any postulate we've learned up to so far is fair game for your assessment. So basically for the rest of the thing, uh, the rest of the class that day, we just went over proofs and we went through them. So remember, more than one statement in a two-column proof can be given to the mathematician. So when you're writing two-column proofs, you're going to be given something. You can be given more than one statement and you're going to be asked to prove something. So if you're given the statement, if it's given to you, the reason should be given. So we had one example. It was on page 67. It was A. It said complete the proof. And we were given that Q is a midpoint of PR. And we were given that QR is congruent to RS. Line segment QR is congruent to line segment RS. So we started off with Q is a midpoint of a line segment PR. The reason for that was it was given. We then went to say that PQ, uh, line segment PQ is congruent to line segment QR because of the definition of a midpoint. So if we looked at it, PR was a was a line and Q was the midpoint. And by definition, that means both sides have to be congruent. Then we went and said the other thing we were given. We were given that QR is congruent to RS. And that was the reason was given. And via the transitive property, we proved that PQ is congruent to RS. So knowing again what transitive means and all the other properties, like your addition property of equality, your subtraction property of equality, stuff like that, it's going to be really helpful here. So we continue to reorder proofs and just talk about, again, what logical steps would happen for you to have to go through proofs. And then we also talked about, um, we also wrote a few of our own proofs. So I think for that day, again, it's mostly just practicing your logical reasoning. Because at first, this can be really hard because you're not really ever asked to write out your thoughts in math that much. You're mostly asked to do the work. So it's like a plug and chug. We're here. We are now asked to you're now asked to problem solve and think and really dive into what we are learning and really try and figure out what we are trying to prove and how it will, what each statement will, how each statement will impact the next statement. So that is it for today. We are going to move on to Wednesday. So again, if you have any questions about this, please stop by office hours. It's going to be super important to try and understand it the best you can. It is Wednesday, my dudes. Okay, so starting with Wednesday was something we really, it was something new we learned. So our target for Wednesday was from 7-1, it was day one. I can prove theorems about these angles formed by a pair of parallel lines and a transversal. The notes were not from your book, they were a note sheet. And basically, the note sheet has a lot of new definitions that are going to be important and helpful for you to know. So we start off with um, defining what interior and exterior means. So remember, interior is inside, 
So if you go into the interior of your house, you're going to be inside your house. If you're on the exterior of your house, you're going to be outside. You could be in like your yard or something. So interior inside, exterior outside. And then we wanted to know what it meant by alter alternate sides and then by the same side. So an alternate side is like the opposite side. It is uh, things on either sides. They're on alternate sides. Same side, again, is not opposite side. It's on the same side. Then we really got into what we were talking about. So a definition of a transversal is a line that intersects two or more coplanar lines in different points. So that just basically means you're going to have two lines, and then one line is going to intersect both of them at different points. So the intersection is not going to be all one point for all the lines. It's going to be two different points. We went to then start identifying which line was the transversal, uh, which of these, we were given the transversal line, and we wanted to figure out what lines it was intersecting. Whenever two lines are crossed by a transversal, eight angles are formed, and we give these angles special angles or special names. So this is kind of where our vocabulary comes in. So we have exterior angles, which are angles located on the outside of the two lines, so not the transversal. So you have two lines that are being cut by a transversal, and there's an in-between the two lines and like an outside of those two lines. There are four angles outside of the two lines. Those are exterior angles. Interior angles are angles on the inside of the two lines. So they are not the transversal, but basically the two lines that could be parallel or could be not, not including the transversal, whatever's in between there. Next, we had consecutive interior angles, or like they would also said same side angles, but we call them consecutive interior angles. Those are angles on the inside of the two lines and on the same side of the transversal. So they are on one side of the transversal and on, are on the inside of the two other lines. Then we had alternate interior angles. So those are both on the inside of the two lines, but the angles are on either sides of the transversal and they're on opposite sides. Then we had corresponding angles, which is the same side of the transversal. Uh, the angles on the same side of the transversal and the same side of their respective lines. So these are kind of like if you create the four angles, which it's the two angles that are in the top right corner or the two angles in the top left corner. So that's just the angles in the same spot um, from two different lines. Then we went to identify, we had, we were given two angles, and we wanted to identify if there were corresponding angles, consecutive interior angles, or alternate interior angles. So again, remember, that's just kind of going through it. We also went over what a vertical angle was again, and a linear pair. Remember, vertical angles um, are going to be across from each other when two lines intersect, and linear pairs are supplementary angles that are adjacent. So those are in two important words. I talked about them because they could be very helpful for these types of proofs. Again, we just went through a bunch more examples after that. So the really important thing from this lesson is the definition, is understanding where exterior angles are versus interior, is knowing a consecutive angle, an alternate interior angle, and a corresponding angle. These are all super important. So we did two days of this. So this was our first introduction day into kind of the vocabulary, and tomorrow we get into the postulates and theorems. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday. Can you remember Thursday? Yeah, so Tuesday? <laughs> Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when? Huh? What day? Thursday. <laughs> the third day, okay? So we are now moving on to Thursday. So on Wednesday, we started 7-1. So our target was and still is for Thursday. I can prove theorems about these angles formed by a pair of parallel lines and a transversal. On Wednesday, we went through all the definitions of transversal, alternate interior angles, exterior angles, interior angles, 
consecutive angles and then also corresponding angles. We started off with a review. So we went through all of, uh, we were given two angles and we named them and that's what we did for the first section. Then we learned three new postulates or theorems. So our first one is if two parallel lines in a plane are cut by a transversal, then the corresponding angles are congruent. What does that mean? That means you have two parallel lines, so two lines that don't intersect. They are both, they are both, or they are both perpendicular. They both have a line intersecting um, each of them at two different points. Where that line intersects, remember, it creates four angles on each line, so there's eight total angles. Your corresponding angles, again, are the angles that are in the same spot. So if they're both in the top left of their respective um, angle pairs or like the bottom right or whatever. So those then mean that the corresponding angles are congruent. Our next theorem is if two parallel lines in a plane are cut by a transversal, so again, we have two lines that don't cross and they are both intersected by the same line, the same transversal then alternate interior angles are congruent. So again, we then look at the alternate interior angles created. Those are equal to each other. And our last one is if two parallel lines in a plane are cut by a transversal. So again, we have two parallel lines. They're cut by a transversal in two different spots. This consecutive interior angles are supplementary. So again, they are saying that the consecutive interior angles are equal to 180 degrees because that's what supplementary means. And those were our three postulates that we used. Based on those postulates, we then went to figure out how, what degrees, every, at what degree every angle was. So we were given a certain degree. So we said that like measure of angle one was 60 degrees. And then based on those postulates and our transversal vertical angles, knowing vertical angles are congruent, we had to fill in the rest of the angles. We did this twice. And then we went on to say, um, basically answering the given statements. So we were given a parallel line statement or a and we were given a statement and we wanted to answer with a postulate or a theorem that justified the statement. So like our first statement said that angle the or angle one was congruent to angle nine. So basically from there we said that since L lines L and M are congruent, corresponding angles are congruent. So that is what we used. We had a statement and then we used one of the postulates or the theorems from above to um, prove it. Then we had angle 8 and angle 14 are congruent. So we said because L is parallel to M, alternate interior angles are congruent. So this is kind of the first step of um, proving. So we are creating the reasons that these things work. We are not necessarily going through each of um, the steps to prove something. We're just given like kind of one step and being like, what would be the reason here? After that, you had four homework problems where you were supposed to find X and like the measure of certain angle measures. So again, those were on the note sheet. There was problems three through six. So that is it for this Thursday and our new material for the week. So again, if you have any questions, come to office hours, email me. This is super important that you understand it. And we're going to move on to Friday. It's Okay, so we're going to Friday. On Friday, I decided to add a review day so you didn't learn anything new. All on Friday you were asked to do was a choice word during class. You were given six possible things. You had to um, do a total of five points. So some things were given a certain point value, and all you had to do was get five points and complete the assignment and turn it in. These were all review on 6-2 and 7-1, so if you're still confused after Friday, Make sure you're coming to office hours or emailing me because our assessment number six is on Monday. Again, if you have not complete the choice board, you can still have time to do that. Just let me know when you complete it so I can grade it. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday.
Okay, so now for the section you have all been waiting for and all been looking for, I know, our quiz review. That's why you're all here. So our first, uh, we had six targets on the quiz. It is three pages long. You can only skip 4-2 and only skip it if you don't like your grade or if you like your grade and you don't need to retake it. So if you have a five out of five on target 4-2 on Home Access Center, feel free to skip it. So, but we have one question for 4-2. Um, you're going, it's the target is I can find the angle measure by applying the angle addition postulate or the definition of an angle bisector. You are going to be using the angle addition postulate. So you're going to be asked to add the two measures of the angle together to find the big angle. 5-1 is I can use the distance formula to find the distance between two points on a coordinate plane. You're going to be asked to use the distance formula to find two points um, on the coordinate plane, the distance between the two points. That means you must know what the distance formula is. If you do not know what the distance formula is, it's going to be very hard for you. So again, our distance formula is D equals the square root of X minus X1, that squared, plus Y2 minus Y1 squared. Um, so again, your distance formula, look it up. Make sure you know it. I am not giving it to you on the assessment. Again, it's the square root of X2 minus X1 squared plus Y2 minus Y1 squared. That is the distance formula. 5-2 is I can use the midpoint formula to find the coordinates of a midpoint of a segment on the coordinate plane. You're going to use the midpoint formula to find the midpoint. So the important part of the midpoint formula is that it is written as a set of coordinate points. So you should write it as x, y points. The midpoint formula is m equals parentheses. The first number would be x1 plus x2 divided by 2, comma, y1 plus y2 divided by 2, close the parentheses. Again, these are written as a coordinate point, and you will not be getting the um, midpoint formula for the assessment, so you have to do it yourself. Then we have 6-1. I can write two column proofs to prove theorems about lines and angles and use definition properties and postulates and theorems to justify the statements. You will have two statements. You need to write the reason. What is the reason it works? I'm going to tell you, the homework from 6-1 is going to be very helpful here. Wink, wink. The homework from 6-1 is going to be so helpful here. I would go look at it and make sure you understand it. Then we get into our new targets. We have 6-2. I can complete two-column proofs to prove theorems about segments and angles. You are going to have a two-column proof. All the statements are going to be given to you. You need to write the reasons in. So there are four reasons that are missing. Remember, one of them is going to be given. So you're going to use what you know. I think that the angle or the segment addition postulate is super important here. And so is substitution and the subtraction property of equality. Just being to logically go through all the steps that you would. You're given all the steps. You just need to be like, oh, this is what I'm doing for this step. This is what I'm doing for this step. And this is what I'm doing for this step. There's only one proof for 6-2. For 7-1, there is a proof. Um, it is missing two statements. All you need to do is you are given the potential reasons. It is a multiple choice question here. You are going to circle or highlight or whatever. The answer, pick whatever the answer you believe it is. It is multiple choice. You're given, you need to know your lines. So you need to know corresponding angles. You need to know alternate interior angles. And you need to know your consecutive interior angles and your vertical angles. Because those are going to be super important um, to know because those are all your options. 
Your options are you either have the corresponding angle postulate, the alternate interior angle theorem, the consecutive interior angle theorem, or the vertical angle theorem. So if you don't know what those mean, you're not going to you're not going to be able to answer that question. That is just through and through. So again, knowing your definitions that we learned is going to be one of the most important things. So that is it for a quiz overview. I hope that you really listened and kind of tried to understand and learn what you were supposed to know. If you have any questions, I have office hours from 2.10 to 3 o'clock like always, and I'm available via email over the weekend. But otherwise, that is it for our assessment overview. That is it for after class week five geometry overview. We had a heavy hitting week where we learned a lot of proofs and that was basically all we did. It was proofs and definitions. It's probably the most writing you've done in math in a long time. So again, it's really important that you understand it. So do the optional review, make sure your homework is done and turned in. And if you have any missing or late assignments, you can still turn them in for full credit no matter when they were due. So that seems to be it for this week. Make sure you are studying, coming to my office hours if you have any questions, or reaching out to me via email over the weekend. Looks like I'll see you in class.